Hairdressing, business, beauty, products, people, interviews, fitness, health, well-being. I'm Nathan Plumridge and welcome to Hair Life. In today's episode, I will be speaking to Ian Bishop, co-owner of the very ethical hair color brand, Organic Color Systems. We will be discussing the brand in great detail and the shift in the hair industry for a much cleaner and environmentally friendly way of doing what we've done for years. So sit back and enjoy the show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Hair Life with me, Nathan Plumridge. So today I have Mr. Ian Bishop. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good morning, Nathan. I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Not a problem at all. I've been really excited to have this conversation with you. Um, Obviously, I think we met through Facebook, through a couple of groups. Is that right? We did. Yes. Yes, we did. That's right. And uh, I've, what I've really enjoyed about kind of getting this conversation started was uh, you were one of the first people that responded to my little post uh, in the groups. And um, I think as soon as I met you and I started to find out about the company that we're going to talk about in a minute, um, I was really, really blown away. And it's something that I think I'm now feeling uh, certainly much stronger. Um, so what I'd love you to do is just give yourself a, a brief introduction to our listeners. Oh, right. Thank you. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, as you say, Ian Bishop. So I've I've uh, I've been in the industry now for 25 years, I guess, just just slightly over. Started as a as a rep for for Fudge in the days where Fudge has not long been in the country. I think a year or so. Good friend of mine's brother had a salon in Harper, near where I live, and uh, so constant distribution. So I packed up the job I had, took a huge pay cut, and went and sold Fudge, which was <laughs> brilliant fun for about three years. Absolutely loved it. Brilliant. That's some some really good times at Sound International and, and, and different venues. And, and uh, it, was a, it was a really good time. It was very different for me. And Fudge at the time was very fun and funky. And, you know, I was a lot younger back then in those days. Um, through that, I met a gentleman called Rod Dixon who had his own distribution business, one-man band out of a double garage in Milton Keynes, actually. Um, mm-hmm. He had a few really nice brands there. Um, and went to work for, for Rod uh, on the road selling, and we were showing me around the, what, what, his, what he had in his garage. In this little cobwebby corner, he had this uh, little uh, blue bottles of uh, what's called organic colour systems, which is where I first saw the brand that obviously we're going to talk about today. Um, and I, I eventually ended up, me and my wife, buying that business when, Ron retired, when Rod retired four years after that. Um, and then we spent the next 10 years growing that distribution business, moved a couple of times, took on quite a few more staff. Um, through that period, I dealt with organic colour systems day in, day out, and had some other sales guys out on the road selling other brands. So through that connection and that, that um, sort of working relationship over 10 years, I built up a really good relationship with the guys that um, now effective on partners with. Um, and in uh, February 2014, had a meeting with uh, Ralph Perfect, who's the MD, and he informed me that there was a change at board level there and that one of the guys was retiring and that he'd like me to, to join. So after lots of conversations, we, we, we effectively took the business. I had a, a, a PhD with a, as a distrib- distributor and I came into Herbie K as salon sales director. The theory at the time being that we would get the, we combine the UK business and I would work mainly in the UK Um and then about six months later, we, we had a, a, a parting of ways with a, a main distributor in North America 
So mm-hmm. then my role changed and I spent a lot of the next four and a half years on a plane backwards and forwards to the States, building a business out there. So my day-to-day is really looking after the, the direct business that we have. So mm-hmm. North America, UK, Australasia, um, dealing directly with the salons and the sales teams and the educators that really um, promote the brand out there. So that's that's my my day-to-day stuff as well as the sort of longer sort of broader strategic stuff that we do at Herbie. So let's get into the nitty gritty. So let's talk about organic colour systems. Now, um, the brand itself, who is it? What is it? Where did it come from? Where was it created? Yeah. Um, Well, it started over 30 years ago. So the, uh, our company itself is called Herb UK Limited. So we're a manufacturing company. We have under that, we have organic color systems, our professional brand. Mm-hmm. Um, it really came about um, uh, through a gentleman called Stephen Landreth, another gentleman who is now my business partner, RMD, Raoul Perfect. Stephen had um, salons across Kent um, and over a period of time became quite ill, um, had a severe reaction to color pigment, couldn't, wow. even, couldn't even touch coloured hair, couldn't have to stop colouring, which was his thing. Then mm-hmm. he couldn't even get to that point. Stephen, through a, 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 a connection, met Rao. Rao's uh, family background and Rao's background was in herbal medicine. Right. And through um, a crazy set of conversations uh, in Christchurch, they um, they sat down and conceived uh, a naturally and organic-based hair colour and products. Um Organic Colour Systems took two years to formulate and get right. Lots of testing, lots of, you know, wrong results. Lots of this won't work. We can't get this right, that right. So two full years. Um, and then since there, we've added other components to the to the range across uh, across the period. So really it came from, yeah, a, a, a sad situation, Stephen, having to pack up. Stephen's now yeah. retired spending his time driving around uh, northern France in his, in, his, in his little buggy mostly, which is, um, which is really good. And he obviously, through, as things have opened up a little bit, he's going to get out and about. So um, Raoul's the IMD, as mentioned, um, and that sort of led to, yeah, where we are now. We're, we're, we're operating about 40 odd countries, 44. Wow, which is amazing. What I love is the concept of bringing, for me, obviously a hairdresser, and then somebody within the industry itself. So obviously a herbologist and then those yeah. two people collaborating have obviously now created this global brand. You're a global brand, you know? Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's correct. It doesn't feel that way because, you know, we've, we've got a very small team. We, you know, we, we produce everything down in our uh, headquarters in Limington and New Forest. Right, so UK I'm based. actually up in Dunstable. I work from here day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much still a very much a family business, how it feels. That's the sphere of it. We've got I love that. about 60 people down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Yeah, no, we, we, have, um, we have lots of good distributors around the world. We have direct business around the world. So, yeah, like it or not, we are a global brand. This is, which, is it, which is an incredible feat by, by anybody's sort of standards. And the whole concept of the brand itself is obviously incredibly green, incredibly ethical, cruelty-free, less damage to clients' hair with increased performance. And obviously one of the things I really love is that healthy client as well. So no chemical. So 
how how long did that take to develop? Well, as I say, the the colour really was two full years of development. The the branding and the sort of the the the, after, the, the products that, that we use as part of our system is a systematic approach. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is a, a well-being thing. So it, it's not just the, the, the colour, the non-ammonia colour with the certified organic ingredients and the natural base. It's then making sure that we look after the integrity of the hair, that we're not using... And, and chemicals, you know, that's, it's a strange word because everything and nothing is a chemical, if you like, but mm-hmm. we like to say sort of harsh chemicals. We, we would take the, the stance and the ethos that, you know, wherever we can, we choose certified organic then we pick a natural. At some point, we have to pick a synthetic. Not all synthetics are good. Not all naturals are bad. Or, or, or sorry, not all synthetics are, uh, are bad. And not all naturals are good. Yeah. Deadly nightshade is a perfect example. Peanuts <laughs> and that sort of So the point is we look at a holistic approach. So the, the first thing really was the physical makeup of hair. What's it made up of? And we mm-hmm. all know that it's a protein and moisture base. What does it need in order to... Um, attract hair colour and hold hair colour. And what we found is actually by taking out ammonia and a lot of the other ingredients that you'd find in, you know, pretty much every conventional colour, actually you get a much uh, better colour result because the hair integrity is kept where it is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's lots of product, I won't name products, but there's lots of products at the moment that are there and are very vogue to to do that in a synthetic way, we, we just tend to do it in a natural way. So really from a, from a hairdresser point of view, everything you think you can do is hair colour. Every colour you think you can get, whether you want to lighten, whether you want to darken, anything you can do, you can do with this brand. You just do it without the, um, the harsher chemicals and with a, a manufacturing process, which is really, has always been sustainable. Again, you know, it's a very vogue word now. We've been doing this for 30 years. It's, been- it's almost slightly overused. I, I think it's. I think. It I think it's it like is. probably the most overused word out Correct. there at the minute. Yes. Um, but actually, I think you know the green element, and I think we're probably we're both aware. I think we were speaking about it before coming on the show um, about obviously we're now at this crux. You know, you can look at like the COP twenty six. You can see everything. We're noticing massive changes. You've only got to go outside today, and actually, I'm obviously I'm down here in Devon. Uh, it's bright sunshine and it is a lot warmer than it should be this time yes. of year. Yes. So we're obviously very aware that there is something happening. And now there is, this is that point, isn't it? That actually we all need to maybe start doing a little bit more. Yes. So obviously in terms of the, the sort of ethical part, obviously, so your suppliers of your products that you're using in the products is obviously sustainable because it's mainly natural. Yeah, we, I mean, we, so for example, we have just uh, earlier this year just qualified for B Corp. So those people who don't know what B Corp is, I would say have, a, have a, a really good Google around. But basically what B Corp does is it gives us a certification, but it gives us a, a compass and a moral compass as well. So it looks at everything from our supply chain to our manufacturing processes to how we uh, incentivize people to what, what the diversity of people is in our business, you know, across sexes and across um, uh, races and religions. And it looks at how we, how the end users would use our product, what happens to those products, you know, after they've used them, because ultimately that's something which is a footprint of our business, even mm-hmm. though it's gone through other people. Um, in fact, not just through our customers, but through our customers' customers. Um, 
so B Corp is the thing that really, I guess, as, as we've always worked to those standards, but it was a way of us saying, actually, guys, this is not, uh, this is not um, BS. This is something we live. We, we do it. The, the, the original vibe and the ethics of the company was, was, was taken back in you know, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we've done lots of things in our processes over the years where we probably don't shout about it like we, we could do. I mean, I was on stage, uh, actually the professional hair uh, show just before we locked down. Yeah. And I was doing a thing with Kareem Jackson about sustainability on, on stage. And I had our stock order box. And just a little presentation about our stock order box and about the fact that the boxes are FSC and the plastic inside is post-consumer recycled plastic. The chips literally are cornstarch. They wash down the drain with water. There's, there's, there's no harm there. We changed our, our packaging tape. We save, we save something silly like 90 miles a year in tape going into landfill because we changed this tape. Now, wow. it's all the cost to our business. We obviously didn't include, add, add those costs, but these are sort of uh, decisions we make in-house, which over the years, you know, I think we're actually very, when, we, when you when you sort of get to thinking about it, because it's just what we do. Mm-hmm. We need to start to talk about that sort of stuff. Actually, we're actually very proud that we, we don't add to that stuff. Um, my, my son actually moved... Um, Slight deviation to the topic, but my son moved last week and I was helping move. And we had to go up to the tidy tip and put stuff away. And I'm it's it's heartbreaking when you see, you know, I mean you have to throw stuff away, it's one of those things. But mm-hmm. when you see about how much this is just one tip, you know, in Dunstable, and it's like, wow. So anything I think we can do to to bring that stuff back into the into use again and yeah. just to, to reduce our waste uh, our waste you know and recycle where we can and reuse it where we can it's got to be a good thing I think. I think the reuse is a really really big I think that's a really big thing yeah certainly it's one of those that I I look at I mean obviously we as, as a salon uh, obviously we work alongside the Green Salon Collective and I think you yeah. guys have partnered up alongside guys, yeah. them um, I think they've been doing some pretty amazing uh, work and they've obviously grown within the industry pretty rapid. Um, and I think it's one of those, it goes to show that obviously I think salons and salon owners are, you know, we're all kind of jumping on board. Yeah. Um, and I think because we are very client facing, certainly it, it is becoming a conversation um, in the salons. And this is a big thing for, for the listeners on both sides here. This obviously the, the conversation that me and Ian are having here isn't just for, you know, the professional industry. This is also for clients because obviously there's a large proportion of it. You're selling a product to salons and actually the end user is the client. So actually by facilitating all of these incredible processes, each salon is delivering a great product, you know, yeah, and, definitely. And that's actually that's a great thing. I think salons obviously probably don't promote that enough. Well, well it, it's it's the business side of what we would talk about because you know ultimately, as I say, this is this is all stuff we we do and we produce in the way we do it because we believe in it. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, if that you know, unless we have uh, an unlimited bank account, that costs us money. You can't do that for very long. You certainly can't do it for thirty years. No, certainly can't grow in the way that we're growing for 30 years. It has to be commercially viable. And I think one of the, you know, one of the things we would, we, that we offer also with our, with our uh, salon customers is the, is the information and the sharing of information about how this actually affects their business. And one of the things we've seen in terms of our, our, our salon based growth 
over a period now is that often that's coming from peers who are talking to other stylists, but also from people walking through the door. Mm-hmm. Lots of stories of, of people that have contacted us and said, I've got a client who's seen you, or I've got a client who is interested. Or we've got more and more clients who are interested in the eco thing or the biodegradable thing or the, the cost, you know, whatever, whatever word they use, you know, the composting thing, whatever they use, then they've all got their own sort of take on this. But ultimately it's, it's forced a salon owner to then, you know, do the, do the little internet search. Shout out about it. What's out there. I didn't know that really there was anything out there. So definitely from a, from a, um, an end user point of view, um, that's been something which has, as, as, benefited us because more salons have thought okay this is something i can use and is a is a really strong commercial story mm, huge um, and and also i think one thing i've found over the years is that salons often struggle a little bit to engage their own clients social media for example maybe business mm-hmm. to business is easier whereas this tends to, if you can get someone who's got an understanding and a an interest in this type of thing then you tend to get more more communication and that's a good thing from a customer loyalty point of view as well i think that's what it is and it's interesting as well so in terms of when you look at like growth and obviously that's a word you used a few times there where's been like the biggest growth so you're in 40 countries where is organic color systems really seeing big impacts you know well i think obviously in our direct markets because we we are you know probably more active there, I guess. So the way we tend to work with, with those markets, our so UK, North America, Australasia, so we have our own teams there, our own warehouses. But again, very small team, but they do a brilliant job. But we we then have our, our one-to-one contact with new new potential salons. In non-speak, in non-English speaking, we tend to work for a distribution agent, an importer, mm-hmm. etc. Which, you know, we've got large companies like Germany, Russia in particular, showing really, really good, good, good growth there. Um, Far East as well, actually, bizarre. Really, wow. Um, uh, Scandinavia was our, our first international market because they're very, they were very green before a lot of the rest of the European. But certainly on our in our direct markets is where we would sort of see growth. North America, just purely on its size, you know, I mean, it's just, you've yeah. just got, you just it's just a bigger market um biggest market in the world uh, now that we're not in the european union we probably won't go, probably probably won't go down that road today no, uh, that's another conversation and yes, that can take up a lot of time um, <laughs> so yeah that that would that would be where i would say is our is our, is our so north country. america yeah, north america yeah just because of that but obviously you know uk is is our home yeah it's an area which we you know we we always want to we always want to um, uh, expand on. And where is that? Like, I mean, obviously, I think we've sort of said before about sort of marketing. Like, where do you really market the business? Like, where do you put it out? I mean, also, like, how much do you spend on that? Because it must it must be a massive part of your budget, you know, as much as there's peer-to-peer, you know. Not as to, big as to, you think. And really? certainly, uh, this is budget time of the year. Mm. So this is time where we, as a, as a board, as five, five directors, we, we all sit down and look at what we're planning to do for the next year, the next year, the next mm-hmm. year, and we look at how that is affected. And those of us that are in the sales and marketing camp would always want more. Ultimately, yeah. I think that's always the case. For those guys that are maybe more on the account side of things and cash flow and et cetera, um, would probably say, how much, me? you know? It's like, mm-hmm. But um, like any business, we have to be sensible. We have to strike a sensible amount. I mean, we, we've... 
I won't I won't go into to figures. Yeah, it's fine. Probably not the percentage that that we maybe ought to. Um, we're fairly fortunate in that um, a lot of our business so it does come through word of mouth, does come is consumer led. Yeah. But you know, social media has been fantastic for us. Our Instagram, our Facebook, um, it's been brilliant. We've just actually just about to launch a brand new website for organic color systems. We've just um, we've just launched our Herb UK website because one of the things that we we're very known for our brand, really mm-hmm. well known for our brand across the globe, but but actually not for the company behind the brand. And one of the things, if you look at what the consumer wants out there, if you look at the fashion industry, it's a perfect example. My, I've got daughters at 16 and 18, and they're very aware of, and I bang on about, you know, don't buy new clothes all the time, do this, do that. Um, and they're very aware, um, probably because of me banging on, about the, the damage that the fashion industry causes. And people want to know about sustainable brands. And, and mm-hmm. one of the things we've really noticed, so one thing we've really had a, a drive to do, which... Um, We'll maybe put some some links up later. I don't know how we how this will work on the, at the end, but um, we've 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 launched the Herb UK website so that people can see what we are as a manufacturer. Because yeah. you can't really tell that story when you talk about organic color systems because it's it's not the same story. You know, no. you can't go into much detail. So, um, so to, yeah, to answer your question, we we you know we'd like to spend more. We we but ultimately we we. Um, we just try and cut our cloth according to... Because I think, you know, I think that's... I mean, for me, that I always think the industry, and I don't know about you, but I found the industry has really come together in, I think, more so in the last two years. Yeah. You know, since the sort of pandemic, you know, I don't think many hairdressers really spoke to each other, no. you know? And and I think it doesn't matter who I've spoke to, everybody generally feels the same, that actually we feel a bit more unified, we feel that we're prepared to share more ideas and tips and hints yeah, and yeah. and anything. And I think, you know, if you look at even like education, you know, now, now there's so much education that's completely free of charge that people are putting out there yeah. um, on their own time. And it's really helping the industry to grow and, and be better. And I think this is the one of the things, obviously, you know, with, with the brand itself is that I totally understand. And that's the way that I would probably do it. I would just be having hairdressers using the product every day, talking about it yeah. and, and saying how good it is. And yeah. actually then hearing the client impact uh, on the sort of feedback from them, because they are the business. You know, we, 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 without them, we don't have an industry. We don't have a business. You Absolutely. Know? You know, and, and we've had a, a, a stark reminder of that over mm. this last year, haven't we? Yeah. And it's a really interesting point you make because actually, um, my contact to you over social media was was an, what is an exact reaction from what I was seeing out there. I'm historically probably not as good as I am at reaching out to the industry. It's not really my thing. We've always mm-hmm. been fairly sure of what we want to do. We've ploughed our own furrow, and we don't we see ourselves slightly as outsiders. If I'm if I'm honest with the industry, but but you know there are a lot of our customers who are high profile like i mentioned kareem kareem yeah um, and you know they're forever banging on at me about i should be more you know in people's <laughs> faces it's, it's really not it's really not our thing if i'm honest with you but again i have seen definitely seen that um collaborative side of the industry I and mean, i love it it's fantastic definitely um, it really is um and and i think that's a really a really valid point 
Um, yeah, I'm just thinking, I mean, there's little things, but like, I mean, I've got your color chart like here in front of me, right? So on like the video here, I've got it, you know, for those of you that might see this video, because we're going to chop bits up. It's a really beautiful color chart. Do you know one of the things I really like about it is I wish more companies would do this little removable swatches, right? It's such a simple thing. <laughs> but for any hairdressers that are out there, having removable swatches that you can show clients, it's, it's not, the, you know, it's not. It's quite a simple thing, I imagine, for colour companies to do. <laughs> but well, you've done it really well. And actually, do you know what's really nice about the range? Is it is it's not huge, but there's enough in it. Yeah. 64 okay. colours. Uh, and 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 yeah, they're all intermixed, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, that that actually I ha I have to give credit to the to the removal swatches for the fact that we we might when we when we sort of was trying to evolve the business from the manufacturing heart that it was and is ultimately, mm -hmm. we we started to very much include the the hairdressers and some key customers and we have what we call a mental program so we have a key, few key customers and and um, salon owners that work with us not for us they work with us to mentor other other salons coming coming on on board and that was one of the things that we sort of kicked around what, what do you need as a hairdresser and that's one of the things that came out of it so yeah glad you like it it's, it's good no it's and great sometimes it's great go missing. so you know some everything's got a you know a, a yin and a yang to everything but um uh yeah that's something that as we as we progress we'll keep the removable swatches no it's great to see it's one of those as well i mean in terms of so if i look at it as a salon owner um do you always want it to be like a complete, if a salon goes into having a new color range, do you want it to be like a hundred percent? They are a hundred percent green ethical, or do you ever do that same thing where maybe companies, you know, collaborate? Because obviously we're, we're very aware that at the minute and within the industry, there is this huge shift of potentially self-employed and employed salons that's kind yes. of happening. So some stylists obviously have their own products that they use yeah. in that salon. Yeah. Obviously there's others that run a model, which is very much focused around what the salon uses is what they use. But, you know, in terms of your identity and what it is you want, do you, you I, I imagine you probably strongly believe you want everybody to be a hundred percent, the sort of entire range. It, that's, that's the ideal. Yeah. However, I'm very aware and I've always been very aware and, and very comfortable actually with the fact that everyone has their own business. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're, we're a, a, an opportunity for a salon owner to offer um, a natural and organic offering to their and sustainable and all the other things that we do. Yeah. Full service range because, you know, it, it's absolutely a full service range with permanent colour, semi-permanent colour, through to aftercare, through to some really powerful treatments, through to... Um, a, a perming system through to a curly range through to a, a fantastic hair strengthening system um so we've got a, everything so if you if you wanted to sell and you only and you only wanted to be as natural organic as possible mm -hmm. and you only wanted one brand then we've got lots of sounds we can point towards say this is the model they only use our brand that's it yeah we've also got lots of salons that feel that they want this as 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 an option but they have other clients who maybe are not so concerned or they have existing working relationships with other companies, et cetera, et cetera. So ultimately I believe it's, it's the salon owner's choice. It's, it's your business. You would, I could argue very much that any business needs um, some, some diversity. So I mm -hmm. get it. I see that um, it's how you manage that story. 
yeah. is a difficult thing often because ultimately if you're if you're really being uh, you know um as excited about this option then this one if someone's sitting next to you and they're thinking of ammonia and, and sorry for those guys out there use ammonia but if that's the case then, then it, it can make it difficult but it works in in lots of salons yeah our only our only caveat is and, and this is not us being dogmatic in any way but we, we just say look this is a systematic approach so our approach is very simple we teach you how to analyze the hair to treat the hair to apply color to get the best result and to apply products afterwards to finish that result and keep that color for as long as time. They're all developed in the same factory and have been for many, many years to work together. So that's our system. So we ask you at least to have color aftercare and our styling range. Mm -hmm. What else you have in the salon is, is really, I think, the salon owner's prerogative. Who am I to tell you what you should have and what you shouldn't? I can just say to you that, this is brilliant try it and if you you know if you get into it what happens quite often is that it, it, it you know it doesn't always work it's not always you know because it's a different way of working to a degree yeah it doesn't always work for everybody um but when it does quite often you just see that it just becomes it's, it's the cuckoo in the nest if you like it just becomes the thing that everybody gets excited about including the clients um, I think it's interesting because I think just just going on that because I think one of the things that always fascinates me about the hair industry is it's very much like we're a bit like magpies. I always think like hairdressers love love shiny, yeah. pretty looking products. Everything has to smell amazing, um, and and this is a, a, a topic that I've certainly over socials and things that I've been looking at recently that how many salons talk about how can I increase my retail sales? How can I make the team more interested in a in a product? And I think the biggest thing like salon owners have to do is they actually, number one, they have to kind of ask the stylists because the, the biggest thing I've learned in nearly 30 years of this industry is that if your team don't like the products that you use in your salon, they will not recommend them to the clients. And the thing is, is that I also, you know, and this is for the listeners out there, hairdressers are here to prescribe you a solution to your hair needs. It's that we are, we are not here to sell to you. We are here to give you solutions to your hair needs. It's that simple. Um, and I think there's that thing that looking at a product line, um, I do think as a salon owner, and I've had them all, like I've had, there isn't a product line I don't think I've had in, you know, in 30 years. Um, and you tend to revert exactly to that, the ones that you know and you strongly believe in. Um, so I'd say to any salon owner, before you do anything, yes, go and ask the team, you know, uh, do some blind testing and, and see what it's like. But then also from your benefit, I suppose, is asking the client, you know, we talk to the clients a lot. What do they want? And I imagine that's probably something you want them to do. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think, again, you, you get those more enlightened clients that come in and ask the question, but definitely it's 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 explaining it to the to the salon owner mm -hmm. um the stylist thing is a really interesting um situation as well nathan because i i always relate it back to Stephen, and i always i always say to, to you know um when i'm talking to to the 20 something hairdresser it's not long been on the floor and they're doing their stuff and you know bright and shiny things and instagram and this that and the other although you know our instagram's great i think but when you when you use that thought process what i try and get across with my you know with my a few years behind me shall we say is that you know if you're going to have a long career ultimately you want to reduce your own 
um, exposure to mm-hmm. things that are in aerosols, things that you know, gases and chemicals that come from colour. You don't want to be breathing that stuff in if you can help it any more than you can help it. No. Nope. Um, you don't want to be coming in contact with colour pigment in in the way that they do. Now, that's a whole different aspect because that's creating, in my view, um, a very clean salon environment for your staff. That's that to me would be. Um, Equally, if not more important from a salon owner point of view, if I put myself in that position, um, knowing what we do for our staff to make their life um, as easy as possible or as as clean as possible. So I think there's that aspect. But then absolutely, if you're then a stylist and you're applying, you know, products, ingredients, hair colour onto a to a client, you want to know you're not you're doing something that's as safe as possible. You know, don't get me wrong. Hair color is safe. You know, we, there's there's millions of of of, of colors done across the planet, and thankfully, very few issues. However, they are becoming more so, and there is a body of work to suggest that over a period of time, um, there can be there can be issues. So, I think there's there's two prongs there. Stylists um, have to like it. They, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. They have to like it. But I think if they understand as well that it's a better environment, I, I have a group of uh they're all ladies actually this world you know sometimes you've got man and female doing the same role so but they're all our mentors are female and they will sometimes go into sounds or when we were going back into salons um before things went as they as they did for that period they were kind of go oh my god i don't know how people work in that this is if we're doing a demonstration for example because Mm -hmm. they walk in and see color being mixed up with someone else and it really genuinely is a is a shock because you don't get that from our products yeah. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. And I think there's that element of health. Um, you know, ultimately, this has been a big thing the last couple of years. And to be fair, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to create this show was because for me, health personally uh, is, a, is a massive, massive issue for me. Obviously, as we go into the you know, the sort of year ahead in January, we're going to sort of discuss that more. But actually, your team's health is, is a, an incredible, incredible thing. And actually, as a yeah. salon owner, um, I think it's something we need to concentrate on more. You know, I'm, I'm always one of those when I look at posture, um, just as a, another example, you know, I know we're sort of going off, off pitch here, but like when I watch stylists kind of working and I watch them actually in a situation where they're bending and they're not using a gas lift chair and they're not using a stool, you know, all these things that I look at and, and adding that obviously a chemical bend is sort of a benefit. Um, it's probably something a lot of salon owners don't think about. And also now, obviously, we're wearing masks uh, again yeah, um, in salons. So there is a bit of protection as of that. But obviously, um, I'm not going to lie, I've really enjoyed not uh, wearing masks for a while and seeing people's smiles and, yeah, yeah. you know, sort of faces. But here we are. The industry is back on with masks again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, health benefits, I think it's great like that. Um, yeah, I what think, I'd like to do is just, can I just on that one. On, yes, yeah, so I think what's interesting as well is I know there's a there's a dearth of apprentices coming into hairdressing, and there's a real issue with getting people, you know, mm. into hairdressing at the moment. Huge. And one of the things I think correlates that, not that this isn't the answer to everything, but ultimately youngsters coming up are more and more aware now of their surroundings and, and all these things, and the generation that will be you know, in five years' time on the floor, mm-hmm. they are very much aware of their environment. And I think yeah. that's a, that's another thing for us all to be aware of. 
Yeah, hugely. And again, there is this massive shift. I was only chatting to Edward Hemmings last week and we were talking about the whole education program. Um, and is there a shortage, you know, at the minute, which clearly there is. Um, a lot of that is obviously driven by sort of costs and things that are happening with salons. Um, but also you're right, creating the right environment. You know, youngsters nowadays, they want to go somewhere where number one, they feel safe. Uh, but number two, where they can see that there is growth and actually ethically, you're probably right. Youngsters, are, I think, are becoming uh, more aware. They drink less. I think that's one yeah. of the things that happens less yeah. now. Um, so there's a lot of it there. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. And what I like to do <laughs> to always kind of finish the uh, the shows, I always look at um, like four or five questions. So they're kind of yeah. a final five. Um, so quite quick, uh, quite short. We don't elaborate on them too much. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Uh, what would be like the biggest thing you think you've learned in the last 12 months? Wow. Oh, there's, there's loads. Um, I think that I've learned that actually we are incredibly resilient as a, a race, a human race, and as an industry, as hairdressers. Mm-hmm. I've also think I've learned um, from my own uh, from my own family surroundings and, and females that I know that hairdressing and people's hair females hair in particular is hugely important mm-hmm. and when they weren't able to get to the hairdressers it, it's a it's a massively psychological thing so that's a good thing i think yeah i think i've also learned to accept more that we can't control everything i'm, I'm not a control freak but i like to plan and i like things to go the way that I'm planning them. <laughs> and it doesn't um, always that's, happen. That's the nature of the beast as far as I'm concerned. And, and I think salon owners would probably mostly understand that psyche. Um, but there are some things that are outside our control. Yeah, hugely. I love that word resilience. Yeah. For me, that that definitely is one of mine. Um, I, I think I've learned so much about being resilient and I think the industry has. So I love that. I think that's a great one. Um, what's one thing you can't live without? <laughs> I could get quite deep on this one. I, I, I read quite a lot of Stoic philosophy. I, I, Fantastic. I, so one of the things in Stoic philosophy is, is, is about materialism. Now, I'm, you know, I'm a reasonably materialistic person, but without getting too deep, I don't think there's anything really, nothing, nothing one, no one thing I couldn't do without. I think if mm-hmm. I had to, if I had to be pushed, then my family, my friends, um, including, including my including my work family and friends because brilliant they very very much are part of that family and my football my gym two things that for me personally are two things which i would not want to when we when we weren't able to get to the gym we weren't able to go to football that was painful mm-hmm. for me i i did grab some weights and put them in a the corner of an office and just you know did a little bit when i could just because i needed to to have that that outlet and that little head space for an hour or so so yeah um, yeah, I'd say I'd say family, friends, and football. Love that. That's maybe definitely. Yeah, maybe a Guinness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I missed the point of Guinness when you couldn't get one. We'll sort one out, I reckon, very soon. <laughs> um, and then, uh, what's the first thing you do in the morning, and the last thing you do before you go to bed? That I can tell you. Um, first thing I do in the morning is probably put the kettle on. Yep. Stagger down the stairs and put the kettle on for a cup of coffee. Uh, black, no sugar if we're in the same room. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Last thing at night, I will always, um, I'll always look at the next day. Yeah. As I, as I put my alarm on my phone, I'll look at the next day and I'll just run through that, um, make sure that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all switched on. I think you 
put that seed in your brain before you go to sleep. And by the time you wake up the next morning, your your brain's probably, you know, solved a few of the problems that you've got. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's about it. All right. Uh, favorite piece of advice and worst piece of advice? <sighs> favorite piece of advice. Wow. Um, I'm going to get stoic on you again. Go for it. I love it. Memento mori, which means uh, remember death, which remember. sounds awful. Sounds awful. My kids go, Dad, what it means is you never know. Today could be the last day. So live today. It just yeah. it, And it, it really is a big thing. And, and it's been it's been enhanced over the last period where, as I say, we've had to have been a bit more resilient and a bit more grateful. We actually mm. um, we did a, a little exercise in the last year. We did a, a year in review. Uh, 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 in gratitude and actually put down a group of things that you are grateful for now it's a very difficult period we've all been through yeah actually there's always something to be grateful for so i would say that's probably the best bit of advice love that tends to keep really a smile love that. on your face when when you don't want to have one on there i don't know if there's a single worst bit of advice i would just say that if it goes against your belief system and if your gut tells you that it's not right. It's probably not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm bang on with you there. Yeah, I wake up. Well, actually, I wake up every morning. The first thing me and my wife do is we actually we uh, we talk about gratefulness first thing. So it's the first thing Brilliant. I do when I yeah, wake up in the morning. Yeah. What am I grateful yeah. for today? Yeah, so, I need yeah, to have my I, coffee before I start talking. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> I fair need enough. a cup of tea. She always puts the kettle on. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that she always does. I don't know. I never do it. I have to make the second one, but she always makes the first. Such a weird routine you have in a marriage, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I always like to um, say, what's a rule, one rule? Like if you can make it a rule that you think we should kind of all abide by. Just try and be the best you can be. Just try and be yourself, but be the best version of you. So it's, that's, I know that probably sounds, probably, people are probably sticking their fingers down the throat, but I genuinely think that's it because I think... Um, if you can try and be the best at any whatever you do, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't mean you know I'm competitive. I don't mean highly competitive. I'll just just try and do everything to your best your ability. You can't really argue. You can't really ask more of yourself than that. And I think other people people appreciate it when you make. We all make you know I make more mistakes than most people, but when you make them, they're usually honest mistakes. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think just just be the best. Try and be the best you can be. I guess. Yeah, totally get that. Because again, like, you know, you were saying about me, Memento, you know, you sit there and you think, well, you're only here once. So why don't you want to be that best version of yourself? Yeah. You know, And yeah, actually absolutely. that's where that personal growth comes in. I yeah, mean, I it's, it's one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to with this podcast is it's all about personal growth. Yeah. And I love talking about it. So there's many of so those nice. to come, yeah. so you nice. know, Maybe that's another another point. the philosopher, hey? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I have to, I have to, um, name check a good friend of mine james on that he he recommended me this i said to him you'd say some brilliant and he went you've got to read this book and it's um it's called the daily stoic i'll plug it it's called the daily stoic oh yeah hello my wife's got that the daily right, stoic because yeah, we're Ryan serial readers yeah so it's, it's a it's a one lesson a day 365 yes. days and it just it just helps you think a cup of coffee in the morning five minute read it just puts stuff i think i find anyway i love that so anybody listening, if you are a reader, that's a great book to have. Yeah, though, I'm going to message Ryan Holiday and tell him he needs to. And, and you like personal growth. Tim Ferriss, Tools of Titans. Yeah, it's great, yeah. Absolutely game-changing book. I can't tell you. Uh, that was one of those that as soon as I got that, I think that got me the reading bug. 
And I think that then led me to the podcast journey, obviously listening to Tim Ferriss. Um, So yeah, Tools of Titans, Daily Stoic. I love it. Um, So Ian, just to finish today, where can people find uh, Herb UK in their organic colour? If you'd like to shout out your socials. Yeah, well, certainly um, if you just search organic colour systems or www.organiccolorsystems.com, that's our website. Um, I would say check out the Herb UK website, www.herbuk.com, because that will give you a better overview of the company mm-hmm. and it will help our new website as well so please do that that's good um uh, Graham, if you want to contact us directly then healthier hair at organic color systems.com that's our, that's the email you can find out more information there's a link on the website to that as well if you just want to talk to someone and find out more social we obviously are just just our um instagram which would be um uh, organic color systems on instagram and on facebook as well so um yeah so Good old Google um, uh, or Healthy Hair app, Organic Colour Systems is, is probably the best place to directly speak to someone. Fantastic. Well, Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll catch Brilliant. up with you really soon. All right. Thank you, Nathan. Absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. Well done on the podcast. Great stuff. Bye. Be well. Bye, everyone.